Welcome to the Free Ball Podcast. And I'm free, free balling. Gosh, how does that make you? How does that make you feel? Good. I, I feel free. I feel free. <laughs> you guys got the I dog. think Bandit feels free yeah, out there the too. To howl along yeah. with you too. Yeah. He's just howling. He, he knows it's a good song. Know, he thinks he's like Lassie. He thinks somebody fell down the well after that. <laughs> yeah, these guys are crying for help. Not Toto. <laughs> We're coming back at you with the power of vulnerability. Joining you again is Derek. We got. A Diesel Dave, I guess. Daddy Diesel. <laughs> Dave, Daddy Diesel Dave, and we got uh, Taryn, a.k.a. Bronco Sport. <laughs> <laughs> it's an inside joke. But you today- might to, You might have to cut that out. I might, or I might not. But- <laughs> Trademark. Today, we're talking about the power of vulnerability. And as a few guys who are all part of the same purity group, we've kind of seen- in our own lives, what being vulnerable, how difficult that can be, the growing process, and ultimately what what that does for you uh, when you can get to a point of healthy vulnerability. So I'm going to start off with a verse. This has kind of become a foundational verse for us at our ministry, Men's Revival. Uh, I'd, I'd say everything, I don't know if you guys would agree, but centers around James 5.16. Um, I'd agree. Which yeah. is, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. What does this verse mean to you guys, and how has it affected your purity walk? Yeah, I mean, before this group, I really didn't confess at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know, we'll kind of maybe get into this a little bit, but I, I kept everything in the dark. Didn't have an accountability partner. I was essentially trying to fight alone, and that's impossible. <laughs> so, for me, it, this verse was huge. Uh, I mean, right to the moment I walked in, I just felt like God was on my heart to share. You know, when when you guys shared this verse. Um, when I walked in, it was kind of like, okay, I need to lay everything on the line. So I laid everything on the line and laid everything on the line and my heart just kind of just dropped. Like there's so much weight that kind of fell off of me. So for me, this, this verse is pivotal. It, it's a, a moment of a transcend, transcendation at, or a moment of just, what's the word I'm looking for? Transcendence? Transcendence. Yeah. Just, you know, of like this amazing feeling of like, what is this weight off of me? So it's yeah. it's been great for me. Yeah, it's nice. It does kind of make it so you don't have to carry stuff around because you're like, I told somebody about it. Take what's in the dark, bring it to the light. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for me, I remember the first time like I was able to confess and receive prayer. And yeah, just I to Dave's point, like I left the room lighter, more encouraged, like more full of life, more of that. Like we talked last podcast, more of that kind of a little bit of peaceful righteousness. I think the cool thing about this verse is it helped me understand confession a little bit better because it's like, why am I telling anybody this stuff? But really, it's you confess for your own healing, right? You confess so that others can pray for that specifically so that you can be healed, where it kind of broke a little bit of that um wrong belief in me that said i'm confessing because that per because that person wants to know or needs to know but it's david and derek don't want to know or need to know 
except for the purpose of prayer. So for me, it kind of, it, it gave me motivation personally to confess because it was healing for myself. Ooh, I, did you actually have that feeling that people just wanted to know like for more like juice, like for more like dirt, uh, well, dirt on you? Well, what it was, was it to me, maybe if you, ju- you look at it from like a Catholic perspective is you confess to a specific person of a priest who, sure. who without saying it, there's kind of a hierarchy there, right? Of like, I'm up here closer to the Lord. So whisper in my ear and I'll tell him. Right. And for me, yeah. it, it kind of broke that. And where I could, anybody who was a Christian that was, could pray for me, regardless of my mis, you know, regardless of my wrong thoughts of any sort of standing within the Christian community, I could have that person pray for me and be healed. So I didn't, well, I didn't, uh, pride too was one thing that withheld me from confessing because then I was like, well, I'm not, con- I'm not confessing to David. He's, you know, he's a dork, right? Yeah, what but a loser. What a loser. We all thought that. <laughs> Derek, get over here. But th- then it was, it kind of helped me work on that because it was like, it's not, I'm not, you know, we're not all confessing to the same person who's more righteous and holy so that he can, re- he or she can receive it. It's like, no, we're actually just confessing to another brother in Christ because they can pray as well. And the prayers of a righteous man or, or woman are powerful. So, okay. It, so it was more of like a pride thing than you not wanting other or then you feeling someone just wanted to know your secrets yeah kind of i remember talking to you in the early days and it's like you'd be like uh, i didn't want to i didn't feel like i needed to tell you you know like oh yeah yeah i was like all pride i didn't owe you anything you'd say something like that yeah i don't owe you my story yeah Yeah. so you'd be like yeah so this happened this happened this happened and this is why i didn't tell you yeah yeah but i got over that yeah what about you derek is that first pretty pivotal to, pivotal to you? I you know I think I used to misread that verse and thought I I thought when I'm healed and I'm healed in Christ, why do I need to tell anyone else? You know, he paid for my sins. I don't need to tell anyone. Almost like why why do I need to be healed by telling my brother if I'm already healed by what Christ did? So. I, I think I misread that verse, and now I realize like it doesn't have anything to do with forgiveness. It just has to deal with God created us to be in fellowship, and through telling another person, there's something that that frees our frees our soul. Would you guys agree? Yeah, it's uh, it takes what's in the dark, brings it to the light, and lifts some of that uh, self imposed pressure for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I got a verse right here, Romans six fourteen. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. So, I mean, it's essentially saying we're not under that sin; it, we're under grace. Yeah. So, um, when we're vulnerable, um, we're we're not under that law anymore. We're under the under grace of God. Hmm. Um. Speaking of vulnerability. How has vulnerability in regards to purity changed for you over time? You know, say based on, I know you kind of touched on what it was like early on. What, how has that changed to now? Like, is it, is there pride or what? I guess what holds you back from being vulnerable now, if anything? Yeah, I think with the, like, at times I probably definitely make people uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, 
Oh, so I you're saying like you've got you you're too vulnerable now. Uh, that's a matter of perception, right? That's a, maybe a perspective. I don't know if there is such a thing as too vulnerable. I think there's a proper time and a place to be like, yeah, I'm in this men's group where we like talk about porn and masturbation. So when was the last time you looked at porn and masturbated or something like, you know what I mean? Like jumping into some of those topics where hard for other people. Now we're we're kind of more casual about it. Just cuz we know this he- we're, we're excited to talk about it. It's a area of our life that used to be this crummy garbage that we hid behind the shed in the back, and now we're like, nah, man, like, there's healing in that. Like, I'm, I'm a, like, I, I'm so freer. Like, let me help you. It's all out of you can almost talk about it with a smile on your face. Totally, man. yeah, yeah. So way more vulnerable. Yeah. Diesel. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, for me too. I, I, I found so much freedom in that verse from James five that I've told my whole family, told my sisters, you know, that was maybe awkward for them, but it wasn't awkward for me because it's some, it's more people who can like hold me accountable for my actions. I, that's, I have huge respect for people that go to their family yeah, I did and tell sisters. My mom. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's true vulnerability. It, yeah. <laughs> when I told my mom, she was like, Oh, I was praying for someone else's sin to come to light, but and I thought it was gonna be somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did what did your sisters think of it? Um, they thought it was good. A couple of them like shared back to me, you know, things that they're struggling with. So I think that's kind of the power of vulnerability. Yeah, it's um, a good one. like once you're sharing, someone else is gonna feel just as um, more comfortable to share their like deep dark secrets as well. Yeah. Um, and it led to some amazing conversations just about the topic in general. I mean, this topic that we're talking about to all you guys listening is not talked about a lot. I mean, that's the whole reason we're talking about vulnerability. So the more you talk about it, the better, but there's just no one out there that is willing to be awkward and be upfront and say, Hey, listen, I used to be addicted to porn. What are you dealing with? Yeah. Yeah. And just like admitting actu- that you're addicted. Yeah. I remember that was a big turning point for me. Yeah. Just and actually like, Doug Weiss, ah. Doug Weiss said that in his book clean, he goes, nobody's going up to their like church friends at church when they walk into the door and be like, Hey man, you look sad. What sin are you struggling with? Like I used to be addicted to porn. Yeah. Like no yeah. one's holding each other accountable. And- or just saying it before. That was another, you know, you're, you hope that. It was easier for me to talk about, to be vulnerable, to your point, vulnerability breeds vulnerability, like with your sister. The same thing with the men's group is being, telling somebody, you know, for the, saying for the first time in front of somebody else, something they've never heard before, and then they're like, actually, that's exactly what I couldn't put words to, so thank you very much for you being transparent, now I can be transparent. You can, you shared your freedom, now I can express mine, right? Like, it's kind of that one breeds the other. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah, and you can just feed off of each other. Totally. Did you have somewhere you're like thinking about Derek, like in your life? I guess how it's changed over time is. I remember living. I think I've brought this up even on podcasts before, but I remember living with Christian roommates in college. I couldn't even tell them, and. I rem- I couldn't tell my closest friend back then yeah. to the point where now 
I'll tell people I barely know at work, you know, yeah. it, it, on the airplane. Yeah, or, I, I'm, yeah, I'm serious. So you tell to your uh, clients that you're trying to sell to. <laughs> it's a good conversation starter. <laughs> no, not there yet, but you never know. Um, but yeah, it's just it doesn't even seem like a big deal to talk about it now. Yeah, and it, that's the freeing part of it. And maybe part of maybe it's easier to talk about when you have freedom with it like if i had to tell people that hey oh, totally i'm looking at porn twice a day i that i probably would oh, be a little more difficult no. yeah no 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 it's so. a, you have to have a safe no and that it's in the past like yeah. for the most part in the past yeah. not that i don't not let any of any of us don't still struggle but you know romans fourteen thirteen. therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. And based on that verse kind of leads me to what's your interpretation of this verse when it comes to being vulnerable with uh, our brothers in Christ? Yeah, I think uh, through this process of being vulnerable, we realize like, hey, because we have so much sin, like everybody's got so much sin, we're not going to pass judgment on somebody else. Like our story, my story is the worst, right? Like, I have a pretty bad story. So like when I'm being vulnerable, like if someone else comes to me and says something even worse, like maybe in like a worldly sense, like, I don't know, they say they've gotten into bestiality or something, right? Like I am not going to pass judgment on them. Like there's no way that I can look at them and be like, you're worse than me. Yeah. There's just no way. Like no one's coming to me and you is worse than me. Exactly. Like you're coming to me and being that vulnerable, you're willing to like say that. Awesome, man. And like, I think that's exactly what this verse is saying. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to pass judgment on you. And I've realized that now because of how much I shared. Yeah. And how much I've heard from other people. Totally. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anything outside of like some harm to other people that could actually come out of somebody's mouth that you'd be like, crap, that's really bad. Yeah, we've heard it all. Yeah, we've heard it all. <laughs> like, yeah, if you think, and that's actually a good thing to say is like, if you think your sin pattern is unique within the realms of sexual immorality, you're wrong. <laughs> you're probably going to, if you confess that to somebody, it might be the person you're confessing to has the same story or something similar. And here you are thinking you're on an island, thinking you're unique. And that's part of what holds some people back is they're like, nobody's going to, nobody can forgive this. Nobody can hear this because I'm the only one that's this bad. That's ever done this before. Yeah. I'm the only one that's ever done this before. I'm the only one that's ever looked at porn and masturbated four times a day. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, dude, that's why there's, that's why we're having this conversation because it's not unique. Yeah. You know? You're, as much as your mom told you you were special, like <laughs> <laughs> you are <laughs> in Christ, but, but yeah, but, oh, um, Taryn, not again. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think Taryn might be able to answer this question uh, pretty well. How can we make each other feel comfortable sharing without feeling judged? Because I know, kind of, with your pride that you had early on about being vulnerable, like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of it had to deal with feeling judged. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely an element of it for sure. So what, what? It, also, like a, a self, like with my pride, I thought it was better than other people. So I'm, I was like, "Why am I going to tell these losers something?" So, right? that, well, so you how, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm special, just like everybody else. Well, how do you do? How do you do vulnerability then without 
having someone put a wall up that it's that we that someone cares versus like I just want to know what this dude uh, yeah, so did so I could judge him or compare him to me. Yeah. How can we make each other comfortable sharing without feeling judged? I think first you have to share something, right? So there's the, then they know something about you that they're like, oh man, I'm, I can't believe you told me that. And then that kind of breeds sharing. The other thing is, is when somebody's sharing, like listen with your entire body. I think that's really important is don't look, don't be on your phone. Don't be like looking away, like look, like nod, you know, uh, you can act empathetically, right? There's like a, you know, be like, wow, oh my gosh, yeah, I can't imagine. Like legit, but don't falsify it. Don't hype it. Don't, you know, don't, you know, be more interested than you really are, but like genuinely have care for the other person's story and know that that's a tough time for them, you know? So I think one of the things you can do is kind of set that environment and then not, and maybe preface it, be like, hey man, you know, what's said here stays here, that type of, those type of things. So it's like, and then you share and then, you know, you run the risk of them judging you, but they probably want to get more off their chest than they want to listen to your story anyway. So it's, it's yeah, a, yeah. I think for the it's all those things that you really got to do is if you're putting yourself in a position to pull those type of that type of information out of people for their own benefit is you really got to kind of make sure the environment's right, right? Not be like at a baseball game, be like, so bro, like tell me about your sexual immorality, <laughs> and you'd be like, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Probably not the, you know, not the time. coffee not the shop play. in the corner, beer out back by the barbecue, like that type of stuff, like sitting around a fire, you know, you know, small group prayer, like that type of stuff is like, make sure the environment's right. And I think then they'll understand. And if you've said your story in front of enough people are like, dang, well, he's not worried about all those, these people judging him. So I'm going to go for it too. Just leading by example. We're running our own secret Vegas ring. Like what's said here stays here <laughs> of like of, fight clubs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what we've been, we actually talked about this in person confidentially of just when we split into small groups, there's no reason we need to act righteous and pick apart everything that someone Correct. says just and act listen. like you know something. Yeah. Just listen to them. And and, it, and this was what I learned because I do have a problem with that. Like, because I've learned so much, I want to share, right? Like, I'm like, hey, I want you to know everything that I know, and I want, you like, want everything that you've got. Them, yeah. yeah, I want no the best for you. Like, every, yeah, everything. No cross talk. <laughs> yeah. Like, once I go through something, I'm like, hey, you've, you've gone through exactly what I went through. Like, this is what I did to overcome it. And, like, in reality, I just need to listen to them. And they just need to be heard. And if they want to ask questions, they will ask questions. Like, yeah. last week, yeah. um, I Derek or Taryn was in my group and some guy was sharing and he just wanted to know more. He was like, Oh, you're a married guy. Like what about this? And what about this? And we were able, me and Taryn were able to like share about our experiences being recently married yeah. and things that like our wife view on certain topics. So it was just, it was good for us nice. and good for me. Yeah. Psalm 32, three for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Though my groaning all day long. I chose this verse uh, when talking about this topic just because I feel like this is something with a lot of us is so many of us out there have been silent about this sin. Especially men. Yeah. Right? Like be strong. 
don't don't share a weakness like all these things that the society tells us don't let anyone know you snapped one off in the the bathroom (laughs) before coming back from lunch break to make some sandwiches So what, I, worked at, you know, I worked at the sub shop over <laughs> yeah. on Hennepin. You'd be like, I'm never going there. Yeah. <laughs> too far. Hands too sweaty, far. Palms too yeah. far. Too, yeah. too far. <laughs> so what was your life? What was your guys' lives like when you kept secret about it? Because I know, or I'm assuming that there was all a, there was a point when we were all silent about this and didn't tell anyone. I mean, so what was that like? I feel like you should talk. What was your life like? <laughs> I feel like we've been oversharing. What was yeah. you like when you kept it? And you just keep asking us questions and be satisfied. <laughs> just trying to get all the dirt. Come out. on, Derek. Yeah, what was your just, life like? He's trying to heal. Sorry, he's trying to heal. Why do I keep saying heal? He's trying to hear all of our dirt. I am. I am. And I'm trying to heal. But uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it was like, for me, when I was... When I was keeping it secret, it's, I mean, that that was most my life, you know, yeah. keeping it secret. And The question is, though, what was your life like? So what, when you weren't talking to anybody about it, what was your life like? It was, it was interrupting my, the biggest thing it was doing is it was getting in the way of my relationship with Christ. And if I, the best thing that's come out of being pure, it's not. If there's more money, it's not if there's a woman in your life. It's hands down the uninterrupted uh, fellowship with Christ yeah. without having that shame clawed around me. Amen. Um, so I guess my so your your life was really shameful. Yeah, I, I felt like I was always under a cloud. Mm. Uh, I felt God. I felt God more as a judge than the Father. Uh, so yeah. I just I I felt like I was running from God where now I feel like I, I can just abide in him. So I, the biggest thing that happened when I kept it silent is it, it, it really restricted where I could go in my spiritual walk. Yeah, that's it, good. It sounds kind of cheesy, but you know, going back to the verse um, in, in Psalms that you just said, do you think your, your bones were actually wasting away? Like, do you th- do you feel like you were groaning? Like, do you feel like you were in despair? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember there was a time in college where like I didn't I didn't feel like I could go another day and it was also it was every time after I'd I'd slipped up looked at porn. So you were like borderline suicidal. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's if if full is like 100%, I mean it it, it probably was like a 30% thought, yeah. but it was like it was so unlike me to have a thought like that, but it yeah. was always after looking at porn and it just shows what spiritual door that opens to the enemy you know yeah yeah definitely for me it was there became two versions of myself before i confessed there's the version of myself that i put in front of people which you know was the everything's fine i'm good no big deal like that meme with the dog on fire yep yeah totally (laughs) sitting there in the house burning (laughs) everything's 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 fine. fine yeah and then the ver- the real version of me, though, was the version that had, like, no joy, was living in this colorless, black and light, black and white world where it was just, there was just, it was blasé. Like, there was, nothing brought me joy, nothing brought me happiness. And, um, yeah, it was just a really sad state to be in because I had this persona that everybody saw, and, you know, kind of like your your uh, fiance said, she's like, man, Taryn's always smiling. 
I, I've always been that way, but it was, it's recently, recent years, it's genuine. It came back. Totally. And it, genuine, it came And I back. remember you saying something about your mom noticing Dude, a difference, if you want to share for that. For years, my mom, I would go home. Yeah, share that. I want that dirt. <laughs> <laughs> you weirdo. This isn't even dirt. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I went back, or sorry. Um, I'd been, when I would go back home and before I'd leave, my mom would be like, are you sure everything's okay? You know, and she, and what it was is like, I could hide it from everybody else, but I couldn't hide it from my mom. And I would lie to her. And I did that for years. I would say, yep, everything's fine. Oh, I'm just thinking about work. I just got to get going. And I would use this, you know, and what it was is that when I would go home, um, my, for years when I would go home, I would not have any sort of sexually immoral um, event while I was home. So I, I didn't have anything that I was looking forward to. Everything was because my brain was so wired for like porn and masturbation. And that was the only thing that brought me the perceived joy. So I wanted to like run back to, uh, you know, my home and in Minnesota and like start that whole cycle again. Right. And it was, my mom could tell that when I was back in North Dakota, like something wasn't right. And I, that going back to confessing and like the transparency I had my, with my mom is like, that was a big day where I had to tell her like, Hey, I've been lying to her for years. Right. And you know, that was, yeah, she showed me so much grace. Um, it's amazing how probably some of the most grace filled moments in my life I've been by women that really mattered to me, my mom, my wife, they've actually shown me like the true heart of like what it means to like show other people the love of Christ. Yeah. And my mom showed me so much grace, you know, in that moment. And yeah, it was just, I could, there was, then there became one person and there's, there's one turn, there's one version of me, right? Which means there's days where I am sad, but I'm not, I'm not faking it anymore. I can like genuinely be like, no, I'm not just having a bad day, man. Yeah. And it wasn't related to purity. No. Yeah. I'm just, I'm more where I think before it was like, there was, it, everything was all bad behind the scenes so that means everything was all good in front of people you know where now it's like i can actually like be me you know yeah freaking moms know everything dude, dude. thanks for sharing that man good luck hiding anything from diesel um i'll have you answer this one what was the process like for you to become comfortable talking about it and how did that change over time uh, for me, I was kind of put in a unique circumstance, like I shared in podcast one, you know, kind of just sharing about ourselves. I was just talking about um, my life and how it started and how my marriage is at a breaking point. So I was forced into kind of this unique scenario where if I was going to get free, I had to do whatever it took. And I saw people being vulnerable. So I just, it changed overnight. I just was like, I'm doing this and I'm doing it a hundred percent. So for me, um, the process had to become comfortable really quickly. And so I just started sharing with everybody, you know, and it started with the men's revival clean group where I just shared that first night. And I, I felt like a half an hour, <laughs> like, I was like, dude, this the is chains everything. fell off. Yeah, the chains are gone. Like, this is everything in my life. I've no, I haven't told any other guy yeah. all this stuff. Like, I've yeah. told no one at my wife at the time. My not even my wife. Yeah. And so I just laid it on the line, and I just had to be forced to be comfortable with it. Um, so for me, <clears throat> the process was unique, but it changed kind of overnight, and I experienced that freedom overnight, which was an amazing feeling. I was like, okay. 
So then you could do it again. You mean the freedom of doing it. So therefore you're like, I can be vulnerable next week. I, yeah. yeah. So it kind of yeah, was like, exactly. Yeah. Like the more I share, the better. Yeah. Like that's why I shared with my whole family and my mom, my sisters, because I was like, well, the more I share, um, the more I'm bringing it to light, you know? So, so good. So it was just, it had, it had to be quick and, and it had to be, um, forceful almost to people, some 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 well, of my friends didn't want to hear it. Yeah, well, it's a some it's of kind my of non-Christian a, friends, but they 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 know now. Yeah, they know. They ask me still. It's kind of a it's like a paper thin brick wall. You're like, there's no way I could tell anybody this, and then yeah. once you do it, you're like, I'm telling everybody this. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like it just it. Yeah, I just found the holy just grail. Push through. Yeah, <laughs> push through. That's good, man. I love seeing that change in your life. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. We'll wrap it up here with Matthew eighteen twenty. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Whoever wants to take this question, what would you say to someone listening who may not have a group at their church for purity but wants to get vulnerable when it comes to this topic? Well, we just started a series that might help. So well, we've got multiple kind of uh, options out there. Uh, Dangerous Men is a great group to start. And those oh. are all over. Yeah, you might be able to find one in the, your city. Well, those are all over. let's keep it even more basic than that. Just say, say you don't know about dangerous men or anything. Just how how can you? Or maybe I'll answer the question. But, you answer the question. Um, you answer the question. You know, you, you wrote. I, you have question. something in your I, mind I, that I, you want to say. I was trying to direct it. you guys. Drive you right to the perfect answer, but you're trying to drive us so hard on which you have in your head the perfect answer. I would say enlighten us. You may not. Oh, perfect one. Not that. Um, I would say all you really need at first is find three. If you can find at a minimum three guys at church that you can be open to talking about it. And that you know we'll be open to talking to you about it, and just say, "Hey, let's touch base once or twice a week, or text me whenever you're re- you're tempted." You know, just guys that you can kind of go back and forth forth with on this topic. I, I'd say that's at the most basic form all you really need, because as this verse says, "Where two or three gather, if you can find two or three guys that you can be share um, about lust and porn with, I, I think that's a very good start." And I believe God will honor and open doors from there to maybe you, that means you start a a group in your church basement. Maybe that means you guys pick up dangerous men and you go through the curriculum. But I think if if you just if you're if you're listening to this and you really want to be free, you just start there. Find two or three guys that you trust and that find one or yeah. One, I was gonna yeah. say just one, even just one. one, like two or three gather i mean that's derek's extra yeah you, you <laughs> need uh, three we'll start simple but yeah find someone you can start oh amen, start talking yeah. to about that and yeah. I, I really think that'll open and i i would up. say i would challenge you though like you got to make sure it's somebody that you trust yes you know yeah. like because you could very you're like well i'm gonna confess to this person and then that person we've heard stories right where somebody's and i would a cautionary tale which i'm I, maybe i'll get in trouble for saying this but probably don't go to your wife right away with it Right, I think there's a time and a place. Yeah, once you've good dementia, uh, find a man that you can yeah, talk about yeah, with right this away. Because it's your wife is, needs yeah. to know, but I think you need to probably you might be organize your couch. thoughts. Yeah, you need to first, process it yeah. first. And that the time between organizing your thoughts and telling your wife shouldn't be years. 
but you definitely got to get things in order mentally and at least get it out there and get it. Well, and then when you come to your wife, you can say, hey, I've been working on this. I've been talking to other guys. They're praying for me. We got a plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. That's actually something that my wife talks about. She's like, I just, she goes, I feel like women just want to know that guys have a plan. You're putting in the work. Putting in the work, yeah. Yeah. Or have a plan and you're going to start putting in the work. So I'd say that's Um, that's it. That's it. Yeah, for sure. But good rap tonight. Good rap unless unless you had something. Yeah, yeah. Hit me with our website. Or sorry, uh, our email freeballpodcast at gmail.com and hopefully in the future we'll have a website maybe freeballpodcast.com maybe if we get enough emails we'll start is that that url available i don't know maybe we shouldn't look look that up Uh, (laughs) my phone security might not let me look that up well guys it's been great being here with you tonight and until next time be good